0: Settle down. Good morning, everybody. Today I will address some of the significant issues facing our nation and what God says about them. As you may or may not be aware, there are many people out of work. They do not have adequate food, health care, or education, and they need our help. But the Bible says God helps those who help themselves. And there are many people who suffer through tragedy, from natural disasters, to violent crimes, to disease and abuse. They are overwhelmed, they are struggling. But the Bible says God won't give you more than you can handle. And we have all dealt with problems and challenges that we don't understand. Things happen in our world and in our lives that are beyond our control. But don't worry, because the Bible says everything happens for a reason. And if your lifestyle isn't what you want it to be, if you want a nicer car or a bigger house or just want more money in the bank, then speak it into existence because, as the Bible and my mama always say, name it and claim it. Well, what then does the Bible say?
1: Thank you, Press Secretary Jay, for that excellent setup. For our theme for the next four weeks, that is fake news. That's not in the Bible. So thanks to our most recent presidential election, we now have this phrase that we use, this gift that we have received, this gift that keeps on giving the term fake news. And I think it's used in two different ways, right? I mean, on the one hand, it's used to refer to news reports that are intentionally misleading, that are not based in fact, and that are created and shared and spread with the purpose to deceive and mislead. Fake news. And it's also, though, a term that's being used to refer to reports that are perhaps opinionated, or draw conclusions or point in a particular direction that somebody or some group of people doesn't agree with or doesn't like. And so they call it fake news. And unfortunately, we're not immune in the church to fake news because It's not uncommon that well-meaning people will quote the Bible or reference biblical teachings when we talk to each other, Um, either we're trying to encourage one another or correct one another, and claim that something is in the Bible or is a teaching of the Scriptures when it isn't. And I think we see that happen in two different ways as well. On the one hand, I think it's sometimes intentionally fake. In other words, somebody will say something, attribute it to the Bible, with the sole purpose or intention of manipulating. As a way to gain power and influence Or as an excuse to dismiss or ignore someone. But then I also think we deal with biblical fake news of the unintentional kind. So somebody has the best intentions at heart and they want good for somebody. And so they'll lean on a phrase or a colloquialism that They're trying to help, but unfortunately, too often can do more harm than good. Fake news. And so what we've done is we've put together a list of four examples of this kind of fake news that we deal with in the church or with the Bible. And so today we're going to start with... The first one, and it's one that you've probably heard before, God helps those who help themselves. In fact, the Barna Group did some research um, some years ago, and in one poll where they were inquiring amongst Christians about biblical teachings, uh, 75% of the Christians who responded to the poll said that they believed to some extent that this teaching was in the Bible. And in another poll, this was actually a response that they received most frequently as a verse from the Bible God helps those who help themselves. You've probably heard it used in conversation or experiences like if somebody is homeless, well, they should just get a job. If somebody's living at or below, Poverty, well, they should just work harder. Pick themselves up by their bootstraps. If somebody's struggling with grief or depression, well, they should just get over it. Somebody's battling an addiction, well, they should just stop. Because God helps those who help themselves. The problem is that's not in the Bible. (laughs) Now, it is in poor Richard's Almanac, (laughs) written by Benjamin Franklin. There's actually something similar to this phrase in Aesop's Fables, ancient Greek literature. But it's not in the Bible. And yes, there are proverbs that teach about the importance of hard work and the value of diligence and there are scriptures other scriptures in the old testament and the new testament that tell us the same kind of things but the bible does not present any correlation between god's willingness and intention to help us with our willingness or intention or ability to help ourselves In fact, I I think you you got a better chance to make the correlation between God's willingness or intention to help us with our willingness or intention to help others. You, You could defend this statement better if it said God helps those who help others. And so if this is not in the Bible, this is not what the Bible says, then what does the Bible say? I think one place we can look is in the Psalms. That was the songbook of the early church, their hymnal, if you will. And there's one song in particular, one psalm, Psalm 46, that was a regular part of what they would have sung in their lives that I want to read a few verses for you from. Psalm 46, I'm reading the first three verses and the last one. This is Psalm 46, 1 through 3, and verse 11. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a help always near in times of great trouble. That's why we won't be afraid when the world falls apart, when the mountains crumble into the center of the sea, when its waters roar and rage, when the mountains shake because of its surging waves. The Lord of heavenly forces is with us. The God of Jacob is our place. Of safety. This was a song that they sang that taught them something about God's help. Even just reading it and hearing the description of the waves raging and roaring and crashing against the mountains, it reminds me of another biblical story in the New Testament when Jesus and the disciples go out on a boat And while they're out in the water, it says that Jesus had fallen asleep in the back of the boat, and while he was asleep, a storm came up, and the waves started to grow, and the boat rocked, and the waves started smashing against the boat, and the disciples got scared. In fact, this story is told three different times in the Gospels, and even in the way the story is told, it gives a little bit of a different glimpse each time into What was going on in the disciples in their minds and in their hearts because they get scared and they run to Jesus and they wake him up and uh, depending on which version you read it it says they would say things like Jesus don't you know that there's a storm that's about to wreck our boat or don't you care or are you not going to help us in this moment and when they wake Jesus up and they tell him about the storm Well, I'll tell you what his reply was. But before that, I just use my imagination for a minute. What if Jesus had said to them, well, guys, you should have gotten a better boat. You should have got a bigger, sturdier boat. (laughs) Or, well, it seems like somebody needs to work on their sailing abilities a little bit. (laughs) Or, well, you didn't pay too close attention to the weather, did you, before you set out here on this journey? But that's not what Jesus says to them. Instead, Jesus encourages them, reminds them of their faith in God and in Him. And then it says He stretches out His hand and calms the waves. And I think about the psalm and the language in that song about the waters raging and roaring against the mountains. And I think about the disciples on that boat with Jesus when the waves are crashing against their boat. And we all come to places like that in our lives. Sometimes uh, literally, physically, sometimes emotionally, spiritually. I had a friend... uh, one of my previous churches, great guy. I mean, one of those guys who's the first one there if somebody needed help or if there was something that the church was doing, he was the first one to show up, the first one to sign up, would help anybody at the drop of a hat. For the sake of the story, I'll, I'll call him Brian, not his name. But But as I got to know Brian and... and We got to know each other in the church. We discovered that Brian dealt with depression severe depression. I mean, debilitating. And the way I found out about it was when his wife called me and said, I can't get him out of the bedroom. He's locked the door, can't get out of the bed, won't come out of the bedroom. And I'll tell you this, fortunately, Brian had gotten to be a part of a group with a few other guys in the church who had gotten to know each other, spent some time together on a regular basis. And so his wife had people to call on in a moment like that. And so she'd called me and called a couple of other guys, and we had each taken turns calling Brian, wouldn't answer the phone. wouldn't come out of the room. And so, what would you say to Brian? You know, Brian, God helps people who help themselves. Buddy, you just got to figure it out. You see why that kind of thing can be dangerous? So instead, two of the guys that had gotten to know Brian the best and I went over to his house sat outside his bedroom door and engaged him in a conversation just as best we could to have that channel of communication to say, Brian, we're here for you, ma'am. Anything you need, anything we can do. And we got to talk through the door for a while and then we left. Then my phone rang. <laughs> Brian called me. Thank you. And he called the other guys too. And, you know, eventually he came out of his room. We were able to have conversation that was helpful for him about himself and his life and his place and his station and what help would look like for him. Encourage him in his faith. That God is here for you, is here for us? Have you ever been at a place like that? A moment like that in your own life or in the life of somebody you know or love or you look around and it looks like the world is crumbling. The waves are crashing against the mountains, as the psalm says. Which is really powerful imagery, because if there's anything that we would look at and say, this is certain, this is sure, this will always be this way, it would be a mountain. And if there's anything that might represent the shifting of life and the blowing of the winds and the movement of the tides, it would be the waves of the ocean. And then when the shifting, moving, Winds of life and circumstance beat against what is certain and sure that we think will never change or never go away. And those things start to crumble and shake. Have you ever been there? You know somebody in a place like that? Do you look around in our Community or in our world, and it feels that way. Well, the good news in that psalm is that God is our refuge and our strength, that God is always near to us, especially in our times of distress, that the Lord of the heavenly forces is with us, the God of Jacob. And see, that's the problem with the fake news, is it it tempts us to think that it's really about us, and it's about what we can do or achieve, and that how we can earn God's help or God's favor, and that if we could just do it ourselves, then God will come alongside of us, and that's not the truth. Not only that, that's dangerous. It teaches us to look at ourselves, both to depend upon ourselves and then to congratulate ourselves. And secondarily, I think it gives us an excuse to not help each other, or at least to qualify our help with some conditions. But the good news says God is our strength. God will help us. God will be our refuge, especially in our times of distress at our lowest moments. And in fact, the rest of the good news says that God is our help. And the way that the help of God is most often expressed in our world is through the followers of Jesus. That you and I can be a part of that help that God offers Without qualification or expectations of the person or the people who are in need of help. God helps. And it is the will of God and the way of Jesus that we are part of that help. And so the good news, the truth of that song, of that psalm, is that in our moments of need, we can look to God to be our rescue, to be our strength. But one of the reasons that they sang that song regularly, frequently, was because it would remind them, it would teach them about this truth. So it's not like they would turn to God or sing that song only in their moments of distress, only in their times of struggle. It was something they sang on a regular basis so that it became a part of what they believed and who they are. So that our... Turning to God or looking to God for the way, for wisdom, would be a regular part of our lives, not just something we turn to when things go bad. One of the ways that we do that is through prayer. Prayer. We lift up our voices, whether out loud or in quiet, in a, in a communication with God. Both praying by speaking and praying by listening. But looking to God and saying, you're my help. Help me. It's what the disciples said to Jesus on that boat. Help us. And then I love the way the psalmist puts it, it is the God of Jacob who is our help. Because for them, that made the connection not only personally between me and God, but it made the connection in their lineage of faith. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And not only those individuals, but the fact that they represented God's promise that they would make them a nation of people. And so they understood that promise from God to be our help. Not just to be for them individually, but to be for them collectively, communally, as the people of God. And so they shared in life's experiences, challenges, struggles, relief, and help. And they did that together as a community of faith. And so as we collectively this morning reject the fake news that God helps those who help themselves, but instead receive and claim the good news that God is our help. God is our strength and our refuge. And with that, the corollary that in Christ, we are the hands and feet of the love and help of God in our world for our neighbors. And I'm going to invite you in just a minute to make that your prayer. Maybe to engage a specific place or need for help in prayer today for you or somebody you know, for our world, for our nation. But in true Chapel Roswell form, we, we want to invite you to make that an act of prayer. And so what we've set up here this morning is four prayer stations that you can come and lift up your prayer to God. A prayer for help. A prayer that says, God, I trust you and I depend on you. And so our four stations are like this. This station over here would be if you want to come and write a prayer. And we've got the markers and the cards, and then when you've written it, if you want to put it in the basket, we as the pastors will take these and pray over them. So that's one prayer station. This is the baptismal water. And so if, if you want to come and lift up a prayer and touch the water as, to, as a way to reconnect with your baptism, with God's promise of grace for you, when you were baptized, then you come and lift your prayer up here and just touch the water. This is a station where you can light candles. Light a candle, if you would, please. (laughs) (laughs) But the flame in the church represents the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. And when you light a candle, it's it's a way, as you lift up your prayer, of knowing that the Spirit of God prays on your behalf and the Spirit of God engages you in your prayer. So you could come and light a candle or if you want to come here and kneel and pray. We've got a rail set up and a cushion there that you could come and kneel and lift up a prayer silently but I'll also let you know that Andrea Cummings who is a seminary student on staff here one of the pastors in training she'll be here And if you'd like her to pray with you, she'd be happy to pray with you. If you just make eye contact with her when you come and pray. But it is in our prayers that we reject this fake news that God helps those who help themselves. And we reconnect with the good news that God is our help. And this is going to carry beyond just this morning. I mentioned Andrea. She's working right now on a plan to establish a care team for the Chapel Roswell community so that we can provide care and prayer to people both on Sunday mornings during worship, but otherwise. She's even going to be starting a new small group in a couple of weeks for anybody who wants to come and study about prayer and be involved in deepening your own prayer life. And so you can Find information about that on our website or the app under the small groups. And speaking of the app, you know, we have a prayer wall on the app where you can go and share a prayer request and know that it's being prayed for. So in just a minute, when we begin to sing, I'm going to invite you to just come as you feel led and when you feel ready to come to one of these stations and lift up your prayer of help to God. But that'll also be the time where we give back to God. So it's a time where we give our tithes and our offerings as an expression of our faith in God, as a way to say we trust you. But more specifically, know that when you give, some of what you give goes to be that answer, that help for people in our community and all around our world who are lifting up their prayers to God. And that you're participating in being part of that answer when you give. So that other people can be blessed by that. So when we sing and we pray, this is also our time to give back to God. And I encourage you to do it. The ways you can do it are up on the screen there. But before we do that, I want to ask if we could just make our prayer together. Could you, would you pray with me? And we're going to pray this morning. Just start our time of prayer collectively. Oh, God, we are so thankful for the good news, the truth, that you are our help, that you love us, that you hear us when we cry out to you, that you draw near to us, you're close to us when we're distressed and broken hearted. God we ask you to remind us just like you did the early church through their song remind us of that truth that you are our strength God help us to get past and put away this wrong teaching that you help those who help themselves it's not about us but it's about you God, we also ask you for the compassion, the empathy, the love. That you would put that inside of us so that we could see where we can be a part of the help that you are offering to our world. So God, even right now as we come and make our prayers before you, we ask you to hear us. And we say together that we trust you. And we ask your blessing for it all. In Jesus' name, amen.